Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cobbless Corner. This is your host, Braden Cobb, and you're listening to The Business Show, where we give you insights and interviews from innovative minds in the business world from all levels of expertise. This is season one, episode three, A Life in the Hills. With me today, I have Russell Klein. I've known him for a very long time. Started going to elementary school together, all the way to middle school, high school, and here we are. He's on the show. How are you doing, Russ? How's it going, Braden? It's going great. It's good to it's good to catch up and get you on here and kind of dive into what's going on in the world. Yeah, man. I'm glad to be a part of this. Yeah, so um let's start it off. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Let me know what you're doing. What are you up to? Yeah, so I'm uh currently living in San Luis Obispo. I'm going to Cal Poly, studying business. I'm concentrating in real estate finance and then I'm minoring in real property development through the construction management department. Um, apart from school in San Luis Obispo, I'm working at a bank, Murphy Bank, um, working as an intern as, un, under a loan officer, shadowing him, um, been there for a year and a half and yeah, that's, that's what I'm up to right now. That's awesome. So let's throw it, let's throw it back a few years. So living through your high school life, is this something that you've always been interested in? Is this something you always thought you'd be studying or is this something that's, um, that's new? Um, gosh, well, studying real estate, it's always been something that I had on my horizon, but didn't I it was it was always more general. And I wanted to go into business. I was always told from my parents and grandparents family that talking to people was a skill I had and communicating networking was something that I could leverage and use in my career. Um, Taking that into more specifics real estate's always been interesting for me having a property or an asset that you can see in person and whether it's investing in it or improving it or having your own house that you're living in all of it's just been appealing to me from the start so that's how I got into what I'm doing today and where I'm heading once I'm out of slow yeah, so we're both in um we're both in similar situations. We're both out here paying rent. We're not seeing any money coming in. So we're both we both understand how much is going to these landlords and dealing with the stock market here in the past couple months and years, we're seeing the ups and downs and now physical real estate is gaining more and more leverage as it's proven to be a little more recession proof and just having that physical real estate is also something that's really exciting. So um yeah, so you're a junior out at Cal Poly. You're actually almost done with school. Right. How um how's your college experience been so far? You want to tell me and walk me through that? Uh, it's been great. Apart from so school, like academics, it's been really good. The real estate finance section in the business college at Cal Poly is one of the smallest and like newer starting programs. So um with that concentration that they have academically, um, they have a real estate club which is also new and starting. So being a part of something that's um, a program that's not really well integrated and already developed um, leaves a lot of room for growth and future potential for the club and the concentration. So it's cool to be a part of the early stages of it. And then apart from academics at Inslow, I would say like my social life and just the friends I've made, and where I'm living, it's it's all just been a dream. I'm honestly really blessed with the life I've been given in in my college career so far. 
college experience. Yeah. So you actually you got pretty lucky with your um with your roommates as well. Right. I had a very similar case in San Luis Obispo. So yeah, I've been over down there a few times to your place, and yeah, all your all your buddies are super nice. You guys all have very similar hobbies and like do the same stuff. Are you guys still surfing out there? Uh, my surfing career's kind of come to a halt. I have this weird like ear <laughs> thing that like the cold water and slow like the water it's it's pretty cold it's it's not like socal warm water hawaii or anything um and that cold water like not business stock at all here but the cold water will like take a toll on your eardrum and your ear canal and start to close it and so i have weird stuff going on with that so i'm actually not surfing as much i'm i've been mountain biking quite a bit getting into that it's super fun and then yeah the roommate situation is great I made this group of friends freshman year. We were a pretty tight knit group. And then from there, right now, our current situation, we have two houses right next to each other and nine guys total living in those two houses. And it's just like always something going on. It's it's really fun. It's sweet. Oh, wow. I, I didn't realize you guys ended up keeping, you guys kept that first house. So you guys right. actually own both of them right next door to each yeah, other. Yeah, so we were in, we originally had five guys in the first house. And then we had four or five fifth year girls living next door to us. And they came to us at the end of the year last year. And they're like, our landlord wants someone to fill the house. We're moving out. Do you guys have friends that want to fill it? So we just filled it with buddies. And now it's nine of us in the two houses. Oh, wow. It's pretty sweet. Okay, real quick. Please explain to the people your situation in the first house and how that home was. Well, it had to have started as a two bedroom, one bathroom. Oh, my gosh. That house is interesting. So... Yeah. Starting out, it's like the house is over a hundred years old. It's, it's not like a new piece of property. It's falling apart. There's something new every day. Like it doesn't rain in slow much, but when it rains, like you feel the rain because the rain comes through your roof. It's not like, like, it's not a terrible house to live in. It's still livable, but there's definitely things that you just notice are run down. And, um, yeah, like that house started two bedroom, super weird layout like the kitchen and the bathrooms and this random spot one bathroom five guys one like just the amenities and the whole layout of the house does not make sense and then they add on there's this like downstairs basement detached like attached but you have to go outside and down to this separate room to get to the third bedroom that they added on and then they like wanted to add on again. This is just like something happening in slow real estate is landlords notice that they can pay or like charge these college kids for super high rent and there's a high need for housing. So these landlords have all these ADU requirements and new rules and regulations coming out where they can just build onto their houses and they what they build, they know they're going to turn a profit on because they can just charge these crazy amounts of rents to these students. So on top of this outdoor basement, weird extension of our house is it's supposed to be like a roof it's slanted but they threw another bedroom on there so this one of my roommates is living in this bedroom that's like a two three inch slant from left to right across his entire bedroom just on top of this other room it's it's a crazy layout but that house is interesting we i ran a property profile on it actually and tried to like find out when it was actually built and I think it's too old to like even be documented. I don't know. We live on Mill Street, which is like the historic district of Slow. It's the first street to ever go up in San Luis Obispo. Um, anyways, yeah, old houses, a lot of fun dealing with that and seeing how the landlords like really just 
are charging students so much and don't really care what's going on besides that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I was looking in um, San Luis Obispo's real estate just on Zillow, and I came across a house that was a five-bedroom home. It was five oversized, um, five oversized rooms, so they fit two beds in each room. So it was technically 10 beds. Yeah. It was less than 3,000 square feet. So it was like all bedroom and they were charging $10,000 yeah. a month. So $1,000 a person and that home was bringing in $10,000. Yeah, there's crazy which, stuff. Like yeah. there's some houses, I know friends and people I'm in class with, they're paying like upwards of 1700 for a bedroom. And it's like- That's insane. You don't hear of that anywhere. I don't know. It's It's wild, but there's definitely a hot market. Students need housing and then- it's also like the market's driven through what the campus is doing. The town itself is very heavily college kids. And on campus, they're charging 1200 for rent to live in one bedroom on a, in a dorm room where you have three roommates. You're paying 1200 It's wow. wild. That's yeah. crazy. And also not to mention, San Luis Obispo is such a small town also. So if you're wanting to like go out, you're yeah. kind of going in the hills and in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's not much like retail it's, stores or anything it's interesting. really out it's there. It's definitely a niche market. Like it's one of a kind because you have your college kids. And then the other big demographic in the area is these retired individuals that are coming to this California hills and winery country to retire and just chill out after a career. And it's, it's interesting. Definitely. I'm like, yeah, when place. I live there, when I lived there, I definitely noticed that there was a very fine line between your college kids and then your older people that were around you in the surrounding areas. Yeah. So let's get into any other hobbies. Any other hobbies that you're up to? I know you used to golf a lot. Yeah, I'm still, still golf golfing. Field. Love golfing. Um, I wish I could do it more, honestly. It takes a lot of time and it's not the most cost affordable sport hobby to be a part of. But apart from golfing, I, I've been really into mountain biking. I love it. So whenever I actually, here's a little side story. I graduated from high school and my parents got me a grad gift. They got me this e-bike and it was a sweet bike. Like all I had to do is press this trigger and I can go up any hill on Cal Poly's campus, get around. And then that thing got stolen on campus last year and I got $3,000 from insurance and claims. And I was like, I need a new bike. So why not just get a like super nice mountain bike? My roommates were into it. So I did it been into it ever since and like loved it mountain biking sweet um other than that that's that's a good amount of my hobby time mountain biking and golfing i would say yeah so now let's dive into business here so me and you our first traditional job was actually together we were out at chipotle and the only reason i stayed there as long as i did is because we were working together no, it was the free food but, um, huh? <laughs> the free food and the 50 percent off whenever you weren't working oh, yeah okay so let's talk about um let's talk about your bank situation so how's that going what are you learning about what types of projects are you seeing yeah so been there for a year and a half um the bank that i work at specializes in mobile home loans which most people don't know a lot about the market but the way a mobile home park works is very interesting. It's like one of the most secured investments that you could possibly make. Say you're wanting to raise like, this is apart from the banking side, like the ownership of a mobile home park is a crazy thing that if you want to look into, it's like 
definitely a lot of research could go into that. But these guys like come in and buy out these entire parks and what they do, they're lending or not lending. They're leasing out the actual like parcels of land and the owners and the tenants come in and put their own mobile home on the property and they pay like a monthly $1,500 amount, $1,000 amount, whatever it is per the park, different for each one amount to like lease the land that they're putting their house on. So it's just like super profitable and like low risk investment for these managers. But what I'm doing at the bank is financing the homes for the tenants. So they just come and get their home loans for us. And then apart from that, I've also gotten to get my eyes on a few construction deals, which is super cool. And a road I've looked at going down and something I could be interested in in the future is construction side of real estate. So getting to get my eyes on architecture plans and drawings and seeing these people come and take construction draws from our bank. And those loans are also something that I value a lot from my experience there. Yeah. So you just told me not that long ago of your trip. I think it was down South. Was that with the real estate club? Um, I've done a few trips down South. So the real estate club does about two field trips per quarter and it's site visits. I think the one I was telling you about was this commercial office in West LA. It's called the Lumen Project. And it was just a sweet like tech center office space that they're building. Um, that was a cool experience. And then I've done a few trips down south for the bank actually too. They have a company plane that they'll fly us out on. I mean, as a college student getting to go to work and I just drive to the slow airport and get flown to Newport for the day. And then I'm back having dinner with my roommates and they're like, what do you do today? I was like, oh, last week I was in uh, Santa Cruz, went to Napa over winter break, pretty sweet. But getting to do those trips also is something I'm really appreciative for seeing different markets. Yeah. <clears throat> that sounds like the life. It's, it's fun. So um, now that you're kind of dove into a couple of different situations, you're in your different majors, your minor and you've tried out a few different jobs. What um what do you see yourself doing in the future? Um I've I've had an answer for this question and I I like to say that my end goal is to be a developer. Um from getting all these different exp- sides of experience from financing whether it be financing experience, construction experience, um regional planning, like working with zoning laws, any type of experience around building i like having the end goal of wanting to be a developer or work for a developer um but more recently i see i see a lot of the market going towards investment in these capital groups and whether it's a REIT or uh private investment funds i see a future for me going that direction as well so as you're dealing with a lot of lenders and you're seeing a lot of the underwriting how how have you seen the shift in the market with interest rates going so high? Has it, has it slowed down at oh, all or how has that been from down. a bank standpoint? Yeah, I, I don't want to like talk down the work I'm doing at the bank, but there's there's times like it's real real world stuff. If the market is like interest rates are so high and people aren't applying for loans, they're not going to be selling their house when they have to go and get a new home loan and they convert their loan from a 3% loan they got in 2020 to a 7.5, whatever it's at right now. Like, the market's definitely over the last six months been extremely slow. And I saw that from my first year at the bank to going into my second year now, um, a big difference. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's definitely slow, but I see it turning around, especially as 2023 started at the start of the year, January 1st, like you can notice a difference in the office. People are starting to pick back up and get back into the market. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you guys get a lot of um, like repeat investors coming through with the mobile park yeah. stuff? So we have a few people that repeat, like we do the mobile home loans, which are for the homes themselves. But we also have a few loans that are, we do get to see a few of those investors that come through and invest in the park themselves. And it's pretty cool to see that side of the books as well and financials. Yeah, when you look on Zillow and you're finding these big parcels of land and coming from an investor standpoint of these mobile parks, the homes that are going on them are super cheap, yeah. but the parcels are renting for an right. absurd amount. Like you're seeing mobile park, they're being rented for $1,500 a oh, month. It's crazy. There's the size of a house. Alarm. There it's, it goes all over the place. You can drive into a park in the middle of whatever area of the central valley and just find this dump that you're like going through 1970 homes that are just totally ran down but whenever we fly that plane out and go to these different parks we went to napa santa we went to napa monterey and newport this year um there's this park in newport that's literally has its own peninsula over by balboa and it is like two security guards at the entrance you have to go and get screened to get into the park we drive through the park there's like Porsches and different like Maseratis, like all these high-end cars that are parked in front of mobile homes. And these mobile homes are completely converted. And looking into the financials on those properties, it's like their space rent is over two grand a month. And that money is pure profit or just return on the cash flow for those investors that buy those parks. That is it's crazy. Wild. So so are you seeing an increase in these type of investors? the bank for the loan side of it like i really only see the mobile side so as the market goes up and down i kind of just see the fluctuations of market getting like more active versus less active as rates go up and down but um actually today on campus i had a meeting in the dean's office um with a few people from the real estate club these two professionals came in and one of them had a portfolio that he built of mobile homes and was managing these various amount of parks and had his park managers that he would oversee and employed them, hired them to basically facilitate leasing and different things going on day to day in the park, kind of like a property manager. They have these park managers that operate the mobile home parks themselves. And he said he, he sold off his whole portfolio recently. And I was like, I asked him the question. I was like, why did you sell off your whole portfolio? If this investment is like, so low risk but it's giving you a like constant return each month you know you know you're going to get this land lease amount from each tenant and he said he just didn't see himself operating mobile home parks for his whole career he didn't want to manage these 30 park managers and just do that day to day he wanted something bigger and better so i think the turnover is like that realization if people definitely you see as like a major theme in any career if people get comfortable they're going to stick to that and like basically just soak in their comfort and if they have enough means to meet what they need then they'll stay with that but this like you also get a lot of people in the business world that are ambitious and they want to keep chasing new risk and new ventures so i think a lot of the turnover is through um 
just people diversifying their portfolios and trying new things. Is there anything you're working behind the scenes, whether it's in school, in your job, anything new and exciting coming up? Um, yeah, so a couple of exciting things just actually happened uh, last two weeks ago now, actually. Wow. Yeah, two weeks ago, I was in Vegas. I was a part of a competition team for a NHB student competition uh, that stands for National Association of Home Builders. And they have this convention um, the International Builder Show in Las Vegas. And each year, a lot of different companies, you can picture anything you need in a house, whether it's structure of how it's built or the toilet you're using. All these different vendors and inventors and entrepreneurs come and do their pop-ups and different stands. And they, it's this whole convention center that you walk through. It's, it's actually pretty sweet, but they host this student competition on the side of it. And at the beginning of the student competition, it starts in uh, like it starts in September, October, and each college, it's college teams competing against each other. Each college is given a prompt to build a custom home in a select county in a random state in the U.S. So we had a custom home that our team of 12 people had to build in Johnson County, Iowa. We picked the lot, um, went through architecture plans, renderings. Um, going through our schedule estimates with our construction team. And then me and my partner that I do a lot of my schoolwork with, his name's Ali. We went through and did the financial um, risk and different performance metrics. We built out a performa and really brought together a return on investment and calculated our profit margin for the project. So I got to go to L or got to go to Las Vegas for that two weeks ago. And we presented our, project to a panel of judges we ended up placing third um and we we're pretty happy with that there's 22 different colleges there and that was that was pretty sweet and then on the horizon i have an internship that while i was in vegas i accepted so that's also something exciting i have coming up oh wow yeah do you want to do you want to talk about that what's yeah, um so what internship's at? um my over winter break my main focus was just to connect with different companies and find something for this upcoming summer. I've worked at the bank for, it's going to be coming up on a year and a half, two years. I'm coming up on actually quite a long time. So I'm, I'm ready to try something new and get my eyes on some new experiences and companies. So I'm working at Marks Okubo. They're a consulting and architecture engineer construction firm in the Denver area. So I'll be living in Colorado this summer. Are you, so will you be graduated by then? Um, no. So I currently have two quarters left. I'll be graduating in at the end of fall quarter. So by the end of 2023 this year, I will be graduated. Oh, that's awesome. I definitely wish I could be in that situation, but you know, I got a little bit more <laughs> What's school. What's your situation? When are you graduating? How's it looking? Oh, I still have about two and a half more years of school. I have to finish up my major, so that's in sales and marketing. And then I'm also have a minor in entrepreneurship, minor in real estate. And then I'm going to, I'm planning on doing this master's program in, it's called the Master's of Real Estate Development okay. at ASU. But I'm having to build a pretty hefty resume because only 25 people get into the program, 10 from the school. 15 from the workforce. Okay. So you have to have somewhat of a pretty 
in-depth resume it's kind of hard to jump in there so yeah i still got i still got a little ways to go but it's come it's coming up slowly but surely you're still getting your work in on the side though you're not just a student right now i saw that job promotion on linkedin pop up no yeah i'm still i'm still working a lot i'm working usually around 25 hours a week sometimes even up to 30 which can be a lot as a part-time job yeah that's legit but, um, especially with all those yeah, majors and minors going on yeah, it's def it's definitely a lot, but I mean, it's I like what I do, so that makes it a lot easier. It's not very stressful. It's fun. Do you see so. that your school and work, um, the content between the two overlapped where it benefits each other? So this is actually the first year that I've actually noticed that. Yeah. So my first couple years, it was all general ed with like some hint of business, like management okay, or administration. Right, right. And then this year, I was able to get into like my marketing classes, my entrepreneurship classes. And so right now I'm the director of marketing and business development over at our um, property management company for vacation rentals. And everything that we're doing in our marketing class has actually like directly correlated over, which has been awesome because, and a lot of it is stuff that I never even realized either. I didn't even know was a thing because I'm kind of learning as I go. And I was able to take a lot of the stuff we were learning, like straight from class, I go to my shift of work and I'll call up my boss and I'll be like, hey, this, this, and this came up. What do you think about it? He's like, oh yeah, great idea. Get it done. And then it's just, I go implement it and then it's there. So yeah, a lot of the stuff is actually carrying right over. And all of my marketing professors, their teaching is their hobby. So their teaching is not their job. So they all have one or two classes. And they all do stuff on the side. Every single one of my marketing teachers has owned a company or sold a company. My last marketing professor actually sold multiple companies for multi, multi-million dollar deals. That's sweet. And he teaches two classes a week. And he, he was awesome. I mean, like I came up to him with some business ideas that I just wanted him to run through. And I built a business plan for him. And I wanted to get, get some feedback. And he's like, yeah, email me, email it over to me. So I just shot him over an email. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, it comes back with a five page audit on my no business way. plan asking me a ton of questions. I don't even know. There you go. Real <laughs> tuition dollars being put to work. I know, right? Yeah. So he was, he was awesome. I don't have him right now, but that was my last time. But have you stayed connected with him? Still have contact? Yeah. So I got his phone number and, um, I mean, we're connected on LinkedIn and I was actually going to reach out to him soon to try to get him on the show here. Oh, that'd be sweet. I know he would love to. And, like he's he's a super good guy and he's like yeah let me know whenever you want to get coffee whenever you want to do this like openly to the class so he's a really Brad. he's a really cool guy i've yeah, noticed that sick. the ones who i've noticed the ones who do stuff like on the side as in teaching right. and then have a full-time job are the ones who actually want to help right because they're, they're passionate they have truly, so much going on but they're putting on that extra time to pour back into students and they're yeah that's sweet no, exactly. And their passion comes and help when they want to help people. Like they're fine. They're financially set. Like these aren't your normal teachers. Yeah. Like these teachers are financially good and they're coming to school to come teach what they know to these students. So I found that awesome. And this is like the first year that I've genuinely been able to experience that in school. Like my first couple of years, and I'm sure you can relate the same way. When you're going through these GEs, it's hard to be intrigued in all your classes, especially when it's not only stuff you're not learning, but you don't know how you're going to implement it into anything what you're doing. Right. When you're able to get those first couple ideas 
from what school has taught you. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. It is like exciting. You don't, yeah. And I think something, do like I don't know if you're aware, Cal Poly runs their system. I honest, I love it. It's like you start your major courses, quarter one, fall quarter, freshman year. You don't, you do GEs. Like I'm taking GEs. I'm a third year. I'm about to graduate and I have GEs on the pipeline for next quarter. Um, it's, it's spread out, but that feeling of having your classes like transition and relate to your work life is, it's really rewarding and it's cool. It's like, okay, this is actually worth something and I'm learning for a reason. It's a good feeling. So when do you have to declare your concentration? Yeah. So it's different for each major, but business, you have to declare it by, I think it's winter quarter of your second year. So do you take like a bunch of different classes from like different concentrations yeah, every, to try and figure out. Is that what business, it is? Is that what it's every for? business student has their core business classes they have to take. So I took a marketing class. I took an IS class. I took a finance class, um, organizational behavior, biz law, all these different business classes that are, um, I think in the curriculum of most business colleges, but after you kind of take a good amount of those and then you're prompted to choose your concentration. And they do see. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's sweet. I really like the setup of the system. It's it's well done. Like I would like to see that, but in high school. (laughs) Yeah, right. There's there's so much. Like, I don't know. I I would give a lot of advice if there's high schoolers listening to this right now. There's a lot that you can do to prepare yourself for college. I mean, even just networking wise, LinkedIn. If you're a high schooler and you're on LinkedIn, you're balling out. Like you're you're doing well. And I think, I don't know, in high school, I was never told about these different, I don't know, concentrations, networking methods, social media platforms. I think there's a lot that could be poured into high school programs that is not today. No, I agree. I totally agree. I think eventually, I hope there's some sort of business curriculum that's not even if it's like business entrepreneurship related as in like starting a company or working but like budgeting and credit and yeah stuff that you need to know before you go to college like a lot of people that are going to college they're they don't have their parents as a helping hand and when you go from taking geography and history then to going and paying rent and going to school it's such a culture shock that's it's a big jump yeah it's a huge jump all right. So what is your ultimate goal? What are you, what are you wanting to do at the very end of your life? What is, what is the goal in life? I think the goal in life, it's not about what I get, but it's about what I give. Um, oh, that's I awesome. don't know what that's going to look like right now. I'm a college student and I'm currently giving what I'm giving is my tuition to cowboy. And that is not <laughs> through me. That is through my parents, which I'm very thankful for mom and dad. I appreciate it. And it means the world to me that I can experience what I'm experiencing today only through you guys. But I really feel like on my deathbed, I'm not going to really care about what I have asset wise, but what I've been able to provide for others is something that I will definitely cherish. Um, That kind of goes into that end goal of also maybe in my career being a developer to see if I can afford like a huge hot thing in the market right now is affordable housing. If I can provide all of this housing to people that are in need of housing and later on look back at these projects that I've been a part of and see how they're benefiting a community that I'm a part of, that's that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, and something else, we don't have to get too in-depth of it right now, but one of the new biggest things for affordable housing is modular homes. Yeah. That's one of the big things that's coming up in Voxable, which I talked about in a past episode. That's one of the big ADU companies who are kind of cracking into the modular home business slowly but steadily. Yeah, in Vegas, they had a little pop-up of all these different modular homes that you could walk through, and it was sweet. It's definitely a hot market right now. Yeah, for sure. So I got to ask you, are you happy where you are? I am more than happy with the friend group I have and the experience I'm gaining um, at the bank in school, what I have on the horizon, where I'm going. I couldn't be more excited to be living in Denver. My girlfriend's actually from there. And from what I hear, I visited over winter break, but it is, it's legit. It's a good life. And I can't wait. Everything I've experienced the last two years since I've gone to college has been, I definitely have been like very blessed and assured that God has a plan for me and everything that has happened to me has happened for a reason. You're definitely on a great path. So I encourage you to keep it up. So where can people find you online? I'm sure there's some people who would love to know about mobile homes or banks or development or even Cal Poly. Right. So, um, if I was in person, I have this little like black card that one of my friends gave me for Christmas. Shout out Brayden. He gave me this little thing called popple card, but it connects to all of my social media, um, and contact information. If people want to find me over a phone, I would say LinkedIn would be best. Um, I don't know if you want to link my LinkedIn in the bottom of the description for this podcast, but my name on LinkedIn is just Russell Klein. My Instagram handle, if you want to reach out to me there, is Russell Klein with three L's in Russell. And then, yeah, I would say that's the best way. Yeah, I'll put um, I'll put all that in the description for them. I'm sure there's people out there who might have questions about construction might have questions about Cal Poly I know you said that real estate club is a new and upcoming thing and kind of starting to build upon so maybe some people are interested in hearing more about that as well or want to join or want to join the club but for um, sure yeah so thank you thank you for hopping on today it was it was awesome it was awesome catching up and I look forward to hearing about your new internship and just uh, just staying in touch with yeah you. dude for sure thanks for having me on Yeah, sounds great. Have a great rest of your night, and um, we'll stay in touch. later. Russell has been a great friend of mine for a very long time. His family as well has been amazing to our family. And yeah, I just loved having him on here. Wanted to hear more about what he's doing, and it was uh, I had a great time with him. So um, let's hop into this week's business news. So Deroni Aerospace Incorporation is on a mission to develop the world's safest, most sustainable, and cost-effective personal electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. Wow, that's a lot. So it's called an, um, it's called an EV toll, and it has very strong backing. They actually recruited the former Tesla and Lucid CFO, and there's over $2.5 million funded. Uh, this is the idea that anyone will be able to actually pull out of their garage, and it takes up uh, two-car garage spaces, so you might need to ditch your normal cars. But um, you can take off at your driveway and you don't need a pilot's license. So this obviously is not a real thing right now. They're in the development stage and making sure everything gets licensed correctly. But the hope is that you can just have a driver's license and complete their 20-hour training course 
and you can fly this thing wherever you want. They aim to use this product initially for first responders, law enforcement, and for private personal use, segmenting themselves to a persona of someone who may own a luxury electric car as a Tesla or maybe a Lucid. This flight would be more for regional use rather than cross-country use. For example, this flight could take 15 minutes instead of hours to go from San Francisco to San Jose, but I would think it's mostly for interstate. And our next company is Blue Flight. This is a drone delivery service that is meant for on-demand and emergencies. This drone flies faster, larger, and is built to fly in any given weather, snow, rain, hail, you name it. This drone company has come out to say they are the first choosing to target hospitals that would be able to deliver medical equipment on scenes in a fast amount of time. So these drones are a lot bigger than the ones that are on the market. I know there's been some that have come out saying they're going to deliver packages, but these are big drones and heavy drones that are used for medical equipment emergencies. So they're built very well and durable to be able to sustain any sort of weather. And next we have our company of the week. This is Start Engine. Start Engine is a crowdfunding platform where investors, big or small, can invest in newer startups from one platform. Start Engine gives out rewards to people who invest in companies based on how much they invest. For example, you may receive bonus shares or maybe a discount on a product or even a call with the CEO, depending on how much you invest in their company. This is a great way to see what new companies are erupting. And with it being such a low barrier to entry, this could be a great way to even start your investing career. The minimum to invest in some companies is only $100. So it's very cost efficient. And yeah, thank you, everyone. This is, um, I had a great time talking to Russell and running through all his new and upcoming things and bring you guys some new business of the week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at cabos.corner or you can send any emails to cabos.corner at gmail.com. I will see you next Sunday.